Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Wash, episode 3 with AE. Uh, we on time for our appointment, I'm ready to release all of that mess that has happened to us in the last week since we last sat down at the bowl. Um, hope you guys are doing good, hope you are, I don't know where y'all are, but I wonder if the weather is changing for y'all the way that it is changing for me in Virginia. Um, and I was in New York last year around this time and the weather changed and it was even more drastic than it is here. But I swear I was wearing shorts the other day and now I'm in like a hoodie, joggers and, and sneakers. Like it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're back for week three. Um, the song that I used in the beginning of this episode, uh, FUBU by Solange. So... FUBU is now inspired me, well, the song itself has been, and, and, you know, just in general thinking about um, our Black cultural facts um, part of our podcast, we're going to call that FUBU facts now, okay? That's for us, about us. Um, yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Um you know, it feels good to be in this moment. Um, yeah, and being able to be have a platform to talk to my people about us. So it's for us about us. And we'll go ahead and get started with the uh, FUBU facts of this week. Um, and then we'll get into our new mommyhood moment, um, which is talk about a personal struggle right now uh and then we'll get into our topic of the week for the like the the whole episode so yeah we'll go with our fubu facts fubu fact number one is gonna be that we're gonna talk we're talking about may jemison i'm sorry i was like what is it's it's about may jemison but it's really because it's the anniversary of the endeavor voyage which was on september 12th 1992 Mae Jemison was the first black woman in space, which is amazing. Like, can you imagine being the first to do something like that? That's just, like, sick, okay? Um, She was a doctoral... She got her doctorate from Cornell, um, her medical doctorate um, from Cornell. Uh, She was in the Peace Corps for years before she was selected for the Endeavor Voyage, the September 12th um, launching of it. While she was in space, she performed a microgravity investigation. So basically she was a part of conducting a bunch of experience uh, experiments while in space. She was selected out of a pool of, I think it's something over, I think it's over 10,000 people, I wanna say. Um, either way, it was a big, big ass number of people. And she was selected as the first black one woman, excuse me, out of that whole group. So that's beautiful. Congrats. No, not congratulations, but we salute Mae Jemison and the anniversary of the Endeavor Voyage. And yeah, look it up. See, uh, look at some of the experiments that she conducted. That whole group of people who went up with her was kind of like they sent the first Asian man 
Asian American man, I believe. I believe he was Asian American. Um, yeah, that was the first married couple went up on the Endeavor voyage. It was a lot that went on in that um, in 92 in that voyage. And they were up there for, I believe, six days. And that was the only voyage that she went on with NASA. And I really wonder why. Like, is NASA like a one-time thing? Like, you know, you do it once and they bring in somebody else and then you can't do it again? Or I wonder. Now I got to look that up. Ugh. The spiral. Downward spiral. Um, so that was FUBU fact number one. FUBU fact two is that on September 9th, the Carter G. Woods, the Carter G. Woodson, good grief, Carter G. Woodson founded the Association for the Study of African American Life, um, which was created to promote, research, uh, preserve, and interpret, and disseminate information about Black life, history, and culture. Um, many of you know Carter G. Woodson is known as the father of Black History Month, um, and that's probably... Uh, the main thing that I knew for so long, um, I don't know how I didn't get to the the point of figuring out what the Association for the Study of African American Life was or how it was involved. I, you know, they don't they don't tell us everything that they're supposed to. So it's like, or not what they're supposed to. They don't tell us all that we should know about ourselves. We talked about this so many times, but yeah, that would have been something you know, to know. And then in addition to this um, organization, the well, the association, there are three publications that came out of it. The Journal of African American History, the Black History Bulletin, and the Multimedia Journal of Black Studies. Three publications and or like, you know, sources of information that I am promising myself to take a look into because... African-American black history always feels like, like, you know, daily press, how they have the big headlines, the huge, the things that were like really bad or like that really made people angry on the front and then all like the good stuff, the like very positive things. It kind of feels like we always get the front page of like the huge headlines, the, the groundbreaking stuff, but we never get the, the other things that go on that are equally as important, but didn't really do too much to shake things I guess is what I'm trying to say so we we don't get all of the 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 smaller not even smaller but we don't get the other pieces that are equally as important to who we are and how we became what we are and all those things so I'm promising myself that I'm going to look into these three documents that is the journal of african-american history black history bulletin and the multimedia journal of black studies um yeah, because I'm just trying to continue being a sponge. I want to soak up as much as possible. And being an African-American studies major did a lot for me in terms of opening my eyes to African-American culture. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always still more to learn. Um, so those were our FUBU facts of the week. Once again, that is for us, about us. Um, that feels really good on the soul. I'm really going to listen to that FUBU song like multiple times today. And I already know it. Um, y'all listen to it too. It's a Solange song. I love it. Solange gives me the feels and that song is just amazing. So everybody go listen to that too. Um, moving right along, getting into our new mommyhood moment. Um, so this new mommyhood moment is 
taking a minute to talk about something that I am currently struggling with. My daughter is almost five months old and uh, talking about postpartum shedding, y'all. So (laughs) as promised, most of these, most of the topics and things that we talk about will be very near and dear to my life or my heart. And postpartum shedding is definitely something that I have been dealing with. So, background, I did what most women of color do when they get ready to have a child. Uh, And maybe not most, but you know, most of the ones that I know, I got my hair braided before I gave birth um, or had in my C-section. Actually, I did my hair. I put a set of spring twist in my hair, um, which was super cute. Uh, Feel free to ask me for pictures, you know. Um, did it myself, super proud, did really well. My parts were popping too. I did really good. Pregnant as hell, managed to do my own hair. Ask about me. Um, (laughs) but so had the spring twist, had my (sighs) C-section, my baby is here. And I kept those spring twists in for about two to three weeks after I gave birth. And then my hair, so my birthday 2019 January 28 2019 I went full blonde full platinum blonde and for until June or July of 2019 I maintained that blonde uh until then and that was actually my last time getting my hair colored so then I found out I was pregnant in September and then you know you don't bleach your hair when you're pregnant you know you you can, you you could but you know there's a bunch of different things to it body chemistry changes might not get the color you want my hair is always finicky with bleach anyway so i was like nah i'm not going to do it so haven't gotten my hair colored since then and so right now through getting a bunch of trims and you know just my hair growing i only have like an inch or so of blonde i might be I might be, you know, lowballing or, you know, going the opposite direction with that, but there's not a lot of blonde left. Um, so the blonde wasn't even at my roots, thank God, when I, after I had her. So, you know, there's that. So, but that hair, that coarse, you know how the hair texture changes once you bleach it, it gets a little drier, it gets a little, little grittier. Mm-hmm. So that managed to slide out of my spring twist. I love those spring twists so much, but my hair fuzzed up real bad and would come out of them. And it just got so annoying to me to keep messing with my hair and keep trying to twist it and twist it in and all of this stuff. So gave up on that. I was like, all right, let me do some spring twists because the spring twist, I mean, not spring twist, the faux locks. I crocheted some faux locks in. I was like, these are twisted and then wrapped. So if they're wrapped, there's no way my hair is going to slide out. When I tell y'all these blonde hairs at the, the, the end of my shaft are the most stubborn hairs that I think I've ever met in my entire life. Um, these Mickey Fickies are sliding out of every, sliding out of everything, okay? So they slid out of crocheted box braid. I mean, crocheted faux locks, which were braided down and then wrapped. Don't ask me how. So I took those out. I was like, you know what? I'm sick of doing these DIY protective styles. I got tired of it. I was like, I'm going to get my hair braided. Got these braids that I loved. Oh, my God. I didn't want no knots because my hair is super fine. So I was like, I'm going to need my no knots touch up like five times. So I was like, let me get some box braids. But let me get some thinner box braids with like less hair. 
absolutely love these braids. These braids made me so happy. My parts were crazy. These triangles were popping. Like, this is a bomb set of braids. And I'm going to get these braids again at some point. Once my edges grow back. Uh-huh. You heard me right, the edges. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, took these braids out. Realized, putting all of that tension on my edges might not have been the best thing for me to do. Yeah. No, probably wasn't the best. Probably wasn't the best decision to make. I probably should have given my hair a break. Probably should have given my hair a break. But what can you do? So I took those braids out, realized that all of a sudden I had baby hair. A little fun fact about me, I've never really had baby hair. I've always had teenage, first year of college, adolescent mini adult hairs i've never really had like baby hair that i could do like cool designs with and funky stuff like that no i would have to cut my hair to be able to do that and i'm just not doing that like that's a lot so here we are now i have baby hair because i put a lot of tension on my hair and you know so there are some things that through like my best friend who is like my hairstylist uh savory so savvy it i'm probably saying it the so so part s-a-v-o-r-y-s-e-w-s-a-v-v-y um on instagram she basically told me you gotta chill like stop with the braids and, you know, I watched so many YouTube videos on postpartum shedding. I've been on Pinterest looking at a bunch of products and different, like, you know, steps I can take to help grow my edges back. So some tips that I figured out for, like, any moms who are about to deliver or anybody who was, like, you know, in, like, in our postpartum zones and, like, thinking about, you know, damn, I just got these bomb ass braids or oh I want protective style or oh I want to do this or even if you're just concerned about postpartum shedding period um a few tips low manipulation styles um literally to me I thought that meant I could get my hair braided small and wear a wig or get a sewing for my hair that's not what that means I mentioned that my hair is fine so it's like it's it's just it's it's a little harder to maintain low manipulation styles like that um like well a wig for me and getting it braided is still tight because my hair is fine so it, it has to be braided tighter in order to keep that together in my head that's what that's what the issue is with the braiding in the wigs um I I she also my friend also told me I had to be careful y'all will see me often with these two twists around my head she said be careful with those two because you know, I can pull those too tight near my ear, which will also have me popping edges like daisies. Okay. Um, yeah. So I got to do that, but I comb my little baby hairs down and make sure I'm oiling them. That's tip number two. Make sure you are putting some moisture onto your edges. You got to simulate the growth. You got to, you know, wear your satin bonnet, satin pillowcase, get you some castor oil, uh, continue taking your prenatal vitamins. That is a really big one that I'm an idiot because I still have not <sighs> bought any more prenatal vitamins, but my friend is pregnant and I should just steal some of hers. Nah, nah, ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding on that last part. I need to buy my prenatal vitamins and stop being a fool. 
Um, so continue taking your prenatal vitamins if you have just given birth or if you're two months out, you know, the prenatal vitamins have were such a big part of like in my head, the way our bodies are producing vitamins and getting nutrients and things during our pregnancy that led us to having this luxurious, like thick, beautiful hair. Like y'all, when my mom was pregnant with my sister, I used to be so jealous of her hair. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. And when mom had my sister, I didn't see her lose her hair. So in my little mind, I thought I was good until I took them braids out. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom was like, yeah, get you some castor oil. Like, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, she must've, she had the Krabby Patty formula all along and she didn't tell me. Okay. All right. But, <laughs> you know, we are here now. I am working on getting my edges back. I am trying to find low manipulation things to do to my hair. Like I said, my hair is fine, but it gets like knotty really, or it's kinky. So it gets knotty quickly. Um, so I'm just, you know, you'll see me with a hat on very often now. I'm trying to think about, you know, maybe since it's getting colder, I can, um, wear some more styles like I love pin curls and I can do those things that don't require me to have my hair pulled so tight and I can have it out majority of the day um what I did realize and what I was well what I was told was that low manipulation does not mean that you cannot detangle wash do all these other things to your hair so still take care of your hair um let it breathe give it some oil give it some like not texture touch it play with it, massage your scalp, all of these things. Um, low manipulation really is key though. And taking your prenatal vitamins. I feel like those are the things that, and I've got some castor oil and I've been using Dugro for a while. Um, and fun fact, what I've realized is that castor oil works for my baby's hair too. If I shouldn't be doing that, y'all should probably tell me now. But castor oil on her head um she got that little the, the little loop-de-loop of baldness that most babies get um full curls not full curls but like my baby's hair she got a, like full hair everywhere else but even though she sleeps on her stomach and has been sleeping on her stomach since she was about maybe a month and a half two months old she still managed to get this ring and I don't understand how or where it came from trust me um but one of my friends on Instagram um, she was like my mommy model a little bit. She had her son a few months before I had my daughter. So I was kind of soaking up everything that she did and would ask her all the questions. And like, she helped me so much with like preparing for delivery and stuff. And she told me that she uses her comb, like one of her regular combs, like, and I use a wider tooth comb on her son's hair and his hair is beautiful. Okay. So I started using one of my combs on my daughter's hair because I realized that those little baby combs that come in the safety first set at Target are not made for the type of hair that my baby got or any babies of color at all. So, and I was hurting my baby trying to comb through her little curls wet dry with that fine tooth comb I I could have slapped myself like so use your comb for your baby's hair if you have a, a baby with curly kinky hair um trust me I appreciated her telling me that so much and it changed so much for my baby 
Um, and then I put the castor oil on a bald spot and I literally only did it for like the last two weeks and I'm seeing some growth there. Um, it still feels thinner in the area, but you can see that it's growing back in. So there's a fun fact about that. Um, and like how to help your baby with that, um, with that bald spot, that little circular, the whole, it goes around whole head for the most part. So, you know, from the, it's kind of from the temple around most babies I see that have it. So if the baby sleep on their back or things like that, that's where it comes from. But that's a fun fact about that. But the same, we going through the same little shedding process, me and my baby. So, I'm using the castor oil and do grow on her hair more so the castor oil and not necessarily to do grow because it got a whole bunch of other stuff in it. But the pure Jamaican black castor oil, I definitely use that on her hair. And it's definitely um, see I'm seeing some results. And on a light, happy note, I see a little bit of my teenage hair is trying to grow up. My my baby hairs is like two now. Um, I see them trying to push seven. I see it is coming. So I just need to be patient and try really hard and think really positive about my edges growing back because I'm locking my hair soon. As Bob is my witness, I will lock my hair soon. So there's that. So that was our mommyhood, new mommyhood moment, moment. Um, yeah, I'm just going by hanging on by a thin thread at this point, you know, but I'm trying to stay positive about my edges. They will come back. I cut my hair two times before. I'm like, is this a sign? Is it a sign, Jesus, that I need to cut my hair again or at least shave my sides or do something sexy like I, nope, mm -mm. just, just have some faith. They will come back. Um, but yeah, that was a mommyhood moment. Uh, anybody who has any other tips for like helping with postpartum shedding or even about how to help with the, the, the little bald ring on your baby's head or like thinning ring or I don't want to say my baby is bald because she's not bald. His hair is just thin. Anybody who has any tips or anything like that, you can uh, use my link and leave me a voice message or you can respond um, in the comments under the post for this week's episode or you can send me a DM. I will try anything that makes sense don't come with the crazy because i just told you all my best friend is a hairstylist and i will go to her and she will tell me don't do that dumb thing that this person suggested that probably won't work but she may also be like oh that's smart because she'll be like i ain't think of that because you know that's what we do so yeah send me all your ideas um onto like the the meat of the episode though so this week was a little little backstory. This week there have been some situations with myself and other people where I've started to think that I need to be I meaning we meaning us meaning everybody um have been in some spaces where I've been just reacting to things and not necessarily saying what I need, what I want, and what I need to have to move forward. Ooh, I'm having all the flashbacks about all those relationships <laughs> where I was just the person who was just getting treated any kind of way or, you know, just doing all these things just to people please or not to rock the boat or mm-mm. Yeah, I'm calling it reactionary living. 
I don't know if there's a real term for it. I I don't know. But to me, it's reactionary living. And you're like living as a reaction to other people, other people's wants, needs, desires, like that this thing is deep, y'all. So talking to my friend who has been having some of those moments this week as well, and I'm like, why is it so hard to say in a situation where someone's like, well, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Why is it hard to be like, well, what do you want? Well, I want this. Like, what level of fear do we associate? Or what, like, what, not even fear. It could not be fear. What do we associate with, maybe it is fear because that came out of nowhere, um, with not wanting to say, this is what I want, this is what I need, and... I'm not doing it, you know. Ooh, my 20s was hard. Oh, the people pleasing in the 20s. Man, oh man. I said it like I'm 40, right? Only 31. Only been only been standing in my truth 83% of the way for the past five months. Notice I said my child was five months. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, like. I'm just thinking about all the relationships where, for example, you start talking to somebody and you've been feeling kind of relationshipy for a while. You are like, dang, I think I want to be in a relationship. I think I'm ready to settle down. I think I'm ready to do this. I want to do that. But you meet said person. Said person is not looking for a relationship. Uh Uh-oh. Well, then I'm not looking for a relationship. Said person is just looking for something casual. Uh Uh-oh, wait. I thought I wanted something serious, but now I want something casual. Uh, said person wants to just have a fling and have sex. Uh-oh, well, now I just want to have a fling and just have sex. Hell no, we won't go. Knowing that the whole time I wanted to be cuffed all the way. I did this. For, whoa, I can't tell you how many almost relationships I had in my 20s to the point where I would probably count on one hand the amount of real relationships that I've had in my actual freaking life. Because I was just not wanting to shake the boat. One dude to this day will tell me, yo, I just wasn't sure what you really wanted. I know we were just taking it slow, but I wasn't sure that you wanted to be with me. And at first I was like, what do you mean you weren't sure? Now I'm like, damn, no wonder he didn't know because I didn't say it. Shit. Like, how the hell could he know that I wanted to be with him if I did not say anything? And then don't get me started on sex. (laughs) Like, let's not even talk about the reactionary living in terms of sex. Oh, my God. Oh, let's have sex. I don't really feel like it. Uh, I'd rather watch a movie. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. Oh, you want to come over and hang out? This is okay. Cause let's be real. Netflix and chill has just become like a, a coin term that we use in the last few years. In my early twenties, I really, a bitch really thought she was going to somebody's house to watch a movie in the middle of the day going out. Or you want to hang out or you can hang out and watch a movie. Sure. I didn't know. <sighs> that dick was automatically a part of it. I was naive. Lord, forgive me. But yes, I used to really just think like, oh, we just want to chill. We're just going to go to dinner. We're just going to go walk by the park. Like, no. 
And then I'd end up in these situations where I'm like, I really just don't even want to have sex right now. But would I say no? But would I say no? Do y'all think I said no? Of course not. What did I say? Okay, sure. All right, we can we can watch a movie. We can lay on the couch, you know. <laughs> like an idiot. You ever be sick of your own shit? I think at 30, I realized I was sick of my own shit. Like, whoa, what is wrong with you? Yeah, so... I don't even know what else to say about reactionary living in regards to sex. It's trash. I I had a conversation with somebody today and I was like, you know what? I don't think I started enjoying sex till 2015. (laughs) That is crazy. That is crazy. I don't think I started enjoying sex until 2015. That was five years ago. I haven't been having sex like my whole life, but I've been having sex way more than five years and should have enjoyed it for way longer it's about knowing what you want and now i do enjoy sex and i do attempt to be as honest as possible about what i want in situations i am also attempting to be honest with myself about what i don't want or what i'm not ready for and being okay with not being on the left or right side of things, being in the middle in terms of I'm not ready for this step. Therefore, I don't want to make anybody else confused about what I want until I figure out what I want. So let's chill in this moment of like getting to know each other, hanging out, doing all these things while I figure out <laughs> with a newborn. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Ooh. Y'all will just just get to know me as the episodes go on. Right. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I am now, being honest about what I want. <sighs> I think I'm back <laughs> from, like, 24 to, like, 28. I used to just say I just want somebody to come lay in my bed, watch movies with me, cuddle with me, and rub my butt. I think I'm back there. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think I'm back there, except we would just be on my couch because I don't think I'm putting a TV in my room right now. Um... Yeah, yeah, so reacting to things and reacting to people and other people's whims and desires, and it's not fun. It's like you're not even really living because you're not being true to what you want, feel, think, and need. Need and want are the big ones here because sometimes what you want is like, it, it could be so clear in your head. It can be so clear in your head, but you don't say it out of, Lord, out of fear the person will leave or walk away. Y'all don't know. I can't. I got abandonment issues. So that's why for so long it was like, oh, I can't tell this person the truth. I can't tell this person I don't want to have sex. I can't tell this person I want to be in a relationship, but when I know that they don't, they will leave me and I do not do well with like people just walking out of my life. I, I, and that's why I turned into a people pleaser. I'm going to do whatever you want. I'm going to react however you, to whatever you say, do in a positive way. Like I'm going to be the person with all the gold stars so that you will love me and you will make me your squishy and you will never leave me. And that is psychotic. And guess what? 
will still cheat. They will still leave you. They will still take your car in the middle of the night to go see another girl and lie to you about it. I hope y'all heard that last one the right way. They will do all these things. Being like the person going with the flow and not like when you don't want to go with the flow, like you don't want to go with the flow and just like appeasing somebody and like just people pleasing and doing all these things that are not true to what you want, feel or need. And I'm not even just talking about relationships. Like I'm not talking about like just like romantic or platonic relationships, like friendships too, working relationships. Oh my God. Okay. My boss, well, my old like director will probably be the first person to tell y'all that she saw the hugest change in me from like finding out I was pregnant until now. Like she's not my like direct supervisor anymore, but still she was like, I'm so happy that you are in this moment where you feel you can be transparent about what you want and what you need. And for me, this transition happened when I was pregnant, um, I'm not telling anybody to go get pregnant to experience this type of transition because you can do it on your own. You know, start thinking of times in the last month when you were just reacting to things that people were saying, like you were not really paying attention to what you wanted or what you needed out of a situation or in your life or in your space for your mental health, the things that you need. Oh my God, in quarantine, great freaking day. Think about the times in the last, I won't say, maybe, maybe I'll say six months because, you know, people have been kind of to themselves and working on themselves during quarantine, which is beautiful and amazing. Um, but like, think about those times when you only said what you said because of what someone else said, and it didn't even match what you originally went into the conversation with. Like, oh, even where you want to go. Knowing you want tacos, I don't know where do you want to go. Well, I don't know which where do you want to go. I don't know. We can eat whatever you want to eat. You know you want tacos. Like that's it. You know, even for men, dudes. If you want to eat something, tell her that's what you want to eat. And if she says no, she doesn't want to eat that, then you find a compromise. But you don't, I promise you, half the time, once a man asks me what I want to eat, I really have 12 things in my head. And then I'm trying to figure out which one would he laugh at the least. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because sometimes it's dinner time and I just want insomnia cookies. And it's it's just bad. This is just all bad. So like even something like that, if you have a place in mind, nine times out of 10, your girl may have a taste for one thing. And I feel like I'm letting the secrets out. But if you say that you want to, you want to go get this and she says, nah, I think I want this. All right, well, what, what can we do that's in the middle? Or we go get what you want and we go get what I want and we just eat it together. <laughs> I, I'm all for that. Okay, I'm all for you getting Taco Bell and me getting tropical smoothie and us just eating it together next to each other like we went out and ate at the same place. We both happy with our food. (sighs) That's stressful, I know. But yeah, y'all, this reactionary living piece, I promise you it'll probably come. It'll come back up. But only as a way of 
doing a check-in to see if I, we, us, the gang, the crew have been practicing living in truth of what it is that we want and need. Like, come on. It's, I'm 31. We said this multiple times. Um, Sidebar. Sorry, y'all. This is a pat myself on the back moment for two seconds and then I'm out of here. I promise. I went to the grocery store the other day and I found I'm a cheap. I'm I'm super cheap. I don't know. I'm super cheap and I will get into my super cheapness at a later date. Like, yeah, but I don't buy expensive wine. I don't buy expensive liquor. Never, never will do. You'll never see me drinking something top shelf that if the shelf was associated with my credit card. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Give me the cheap. And it, it's really sad. I really need to work on myself because I'm, I'm an adult. But still. So I found $2.99 wine at Kroger. And I bought like three bottles. Um, I was like, I'm going to test it out. I've been finding some cheap Moscatos lately. And, you know, I, I guess I'm basic for like a Moscato, but whatever. Um, so went to the register, had to get my ID checked. And there's always that moment when it's like, all right, man, why am I doing this? I'm 31. I'm 10 years out of the checking ID game. Like shorty checked my ID. She checked it and then she looked at it and then she was like, wait, what? And she came back and I'm like, oh, she just read the date wrong. She gonna put it in the computer. She read it wrong. She looked me up and down and she was like, wow. I was like, what? She was like, "Mm." I was like, what? She was like. I thought you were like three years older. Like, what'd she say? I thought she, you were like two years older than me. And I was like, oh, no, girl, I'm 31. And she was like, wow. Okay, sis. You know, our, our like black compliments. Okay, sis, that let me know that I'm beautiful and <laughs> I look youthful AF. Okay. That was my mom. That, that made me feel good. Um, but yes, it is high time that we start paying attention to what we want and what we need really think about that how many times in the last six months like you know you may not remember all the details but just think of conversations that you've had with a significant other at work with you know anybody to you know where you took the reactionary road instead of saying what you wanted going back to the piece about my boss and like having a kid having a kid made me realize that while I was pregnant if you stressed me out at all if you did something to me or if I wasn't honest with somebody about something and ended up doing something that I didn't want to do that it was going to stress me out stress is a not good thing and that sounds stupid but it's not a good thing at all for a pregnant person I was a high risk uh, I was a high risk pregnancy or had a high risk pregnancy and you know, stress just is not good. Stress ain't good for a non-pregnant person. Stress is not good for anybody, but imagine we don't even know what stress can do to a baby at this point. We're just guessing shit at this point. Like we know babies can feel stress. Yes. And we know that babies can feel trauma and like all of these things. We know that. So that has a lot to do with why people say don't stress. So at this point, while I'm pregnant and you stressing me out and I'm allowing you to stress me out, you're affecting my child. Anything that fucks with my kid, I'm not fucking with it. I'm not doing it. I'm, I wasn't, I didn't do it at all. So I became a very 
blunt, very in in a lot of situations, not in some. There were some times when I, I, I fucked up during my pregnancy and wasn't honest about things and probably did and definitely didn't communicate in the way that I needed to. But in a whole lot of other areas, oh, nobody was fucking with me. Like, I, I'm i not doing nothing. I'm not about to let nobody, no job, nobody stress me out. That's going to affect my kid. You can't do it. That's not happening. So I've just taken that, like, more blunt, abrasive, being honest about my shit attitude that I had for those 10 months and transitioned it into my real life and I think it's working okay as of now in a few months we'll rehash this conversation and see if I'm like friendless jobless and like you know honest as fuck but you know all those things are missing from my life which I doubt they will people appreciate your honesty people appreciate you being upfront and forward about what you want and what you need people contrary to popular belief most people don't like to be people pleased um because it doesn't feel genuine like you can tell when somebody is only saying something and it's like well what do you like whatever you like what do you want whatever you want like literally coming to america at its fullest and genuine real honest good people don't like shit like that so start living in your moments and realizing and what you want and what you need one start paying attention to how many people stop fucking with you because they can't deal with it that is a big thing to pay attention to and then also pay attention to the people who stand a ground and are even happier that you are being more true and more honest and more vocal about what you want communicate with those people those people be like yo i didn't even know you felt like that way i'm glad to know and like if i'm doing something that bother you let me know and i won't do that shit no more those are the people you need to have around. So that's my soapbox for today. Not my soapbox. My dish. Not dish. Oh, I'm an idiot. That's my shampoo and conditioner for for this week. Let's not. We got to get out of that, y'all. Reactionary living is trash. It's not good. It's no bueno. Uh, no mas. No more. Shut it down. Go to bed. Um, we just about to live in our truths. It's 2020. We about, we didn't had the craziest year. And if nothing else comes out of this, people need to be honest about what the fuck they want and need. Because if 2020 has taught us nothing else, it's taught us that life is extremely fragile. Life is extremely short. And it's not fun. Or nobody enjoys living in the shadows of their true wants and desires. Like, let that shit go. I love y'all. Uh, we're going to need some new products. We're on week three. We're going to have to re-up, try some new beauty products in the bowl. Uh, maybe that's something we can talk about, too, because I'm not a product junkie. And so many of y'all got good shit that y'all use. We'll switch it up. Um, but, yeah, I love y'all. Listen to FUBU by Solange. Love the song. Great addition to today's episode. I will see y'all next week. And peace out. Bye.